Arable, dairy, beef, sheep, pigs, chickens. Are you looking for the best agri-advice from the real specialists? Look no further. Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of Wednesday's Agri-Lab podcast, the home of talking agriculture. In today's episode, the topic is sheep. Lambing for the majority has finished or has come into a close and thoughts are turning to weaning strategies and getting lambs to target weights in the most efficient way. National Sheep and Beef Manager, Bryn Hughes, will give his top tips on how to get the best performance from your lambs this year depending on your system and resource. However, with one of the driest and coldest Aprils recorded since the 1980s, there's only one topic on everyone's mind. What do we do about grass? The last few weeks have brought some rainfall, but this unfortunately can't counteract the lack in grass growth in early spring. Joining Bryn, we have Grass and Roots Manager, Colin Jones, who says it's not all doom and gloom, and there are plans farmers can implement now to ensure livestock performance and winter feed supplies are not impacted. Finally, we'll round off our sheep special with independent sheep and beef advisor, Liz Ginevay. Liz will tell us later about the new Register of Sheep Advisors, better known as ROSA, and what this accreditation means to UK sheep production. But first, welcome back, Bryn, and to our first timer, Carl. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Bryn, I think a good place to start is assessing where we are on farm when it comes to this season. Uh, you did a piece for Farmers Guardian at the beginning of March discussing how farmers can optimise lamb growth. Have they been able to do this with a good lambing season? Yeah, thanks, Tony. Yeah, it has been a relatively good lambing season. The weather conditions during lambing for the majority of people was relatively kind. What has There has been a major impact since then with the, the lack of grass growth in, you know, basically the most critical time of year really for, for milk production with the ewes. So we had a very, very dry April, which has had a serious impact on the amount of grass grown on farms. You know, the Metopus figures said it was the driest April since 1981, which would take it back really most people's uh, memories really. And also the greatest number of ground frosts since, since 1960. So it's obviously had a major impact on forage supplies on farms. The advice that we gave in the Farmer's Guardian in March was to prioritise and and have a strategic creep feeding policy for early born lambs. I think that has paid dividends this year with the market prices and market returns being exceptionally good. And we'll go on now, Tony, to talk a bit about strategies for weaning and stuff for for the majority of people who do who lamb in in March. Okay, so and so what can they do to make the most of the positive lamb trade we've got right now? Well, we'll most probably be looking at weaning strategies now, really, Tony. It's coming that you know, lambs born in March will be coming up to the age where they could be weaned. It's important really to, you know, have a bit of a plan in your heads now on how you're gonna wean them, what age you're gonna wean them, and what are the advantages of weaning them. Obviously, uh, a lot of lambs have been sold light or lighter and don't think that, the, you know, I think it's a very wise strategy really on farm if you're a bit short of grass. And if the prices are where they are, um, I think that, you know, lambs sold early will benefit everybody really. One of the things we will look at, Tony, is, you know, how we push on with creep feeding for lambs going forward. Yeah, OK, yeah, thanks, Bryn. Uh, so we can't really go on much longer without discussing grass growth. Colin, you said earlier that it's not all doom and gloom. What, what can farmers do on farm? 
Yeah, thanks, Tony. Like Bryn said, you know, April was a cruel month, really. You know, it was the driest and the coldest one for a long, long time. May's been a little kinder. You know, its soil temperatures have risen at last and we now have moisture. So despite the cold start, we're at that time of year where a lot of sheep producers will be starting to think about planting brassicas. So why grow a brassica? First and foremost, they're the fantastic source of homegrown forage. Highly digestible and they're a terrific source of protein. They're ideal for reducing feed deficits during the summer period or feeding through the autumn and the winter months, you know, just helping extend that grazing season. Also, as a useful break between grass seeds, you know, help eliminate pests such as slugs, leather jackets, whilst improving soil structure, soil health and fertility. But at the end of the day, the aim is always to increase the amount of grazed forage in the diet, you know, rather than relying on expensive supplements. So seed options for brassicas, kale, Kale's a high yielding brassica capable of producing, you know, 70 tonnes per hectare of fresh weight yields, usually grazed between September to March, depending on sowing time. And kale takes about 20 weeks from sowing to reach full maturity. Forage rape might be an option, you know, a quick growing leafy brassica plant, very palatable, capable of producing fresh weight yields of about 35 tonnes per hectare. You've got two options for forage rape. You've got a true forage rape or you've got a rape kale cross, which is a hybrid. The hybrid is more winter hardy because it's got kale in its breeding, but both take around 12 to 14 weeks after sowing to reach full maturity. Stubble turnips might be an option. Again, two choices. You've got a bulbin type, which is a fantastic source of energy, or this typhon, which is a leafy type. It's a cross between a stubble turnip and a Chinese cabbage. These produce more large palatable leaves instead of a bulb. It's more like an anchored root. So where stubble turnips take 10 to 12 weeks for maturity, Typhon takes only eight to 10, so it's a shorter growing period, and it also has regrowth potential. So a lot of growers ask for stubble turnip rape mixes. Now there's no right or wrong way of mixing these, you know, usually sown at two kilo an acre, and if energy is the main requirement, then it's a mix with a higher percentage of stubble turnips, or for a higher protein content, we'd increase the percentage of forage rape. So, and lastly, let's not forget Swedes. You know, if it's winter hardiness and late grazing you're looking for, then Swedes are best option. They're superior to turnips for frost hardiness and keeping their quality through a tough winter. Are there other alternatives to brassicas? Another option might be stitching in or overseeding. This can be cost-effective way of improving pasture without the need for seedbed preparation. Certainly useful in situations where you don't want to or you can't plough, or maybe you'd like to introduce more ryegrass or clover seed as the fields just aren't producing. Seed mixtures containing large seeded varieties such as tetraploys work best as these are able to compete with existing grass because of their upright growth habit and are more suited to drier conditions. We have these packed, you know, these stitching and mixes are packed in 10 kilo acre bags ready to go, available as a short term. There's the Italian tetraploid mix suitable for rejuvenating an old cut in lay for further two years. There's medium term mixes, a hybrid and perennial mix available with or without clover, or there's long term perennial mix, which is also available with or without clover. And um, just, you know, commercial trials have shown results up to 40% higher grass yield in the following year from doing an overseed. But remember, timing is everything. For successful establishment, you need seed to soil contact, and most of all, regular moisture. After the cold spring we've just had, it feels like grass growth is just about to take off. So if you're considering stitching in some new seeds, make sure the existing grass is taken down to a minimum, ideally after a silage crop and then no nitrogen-based fertilizers are applied as the new seedling will benefit from less competition. And like I already mentioned, timing is everything.
Crikey, I didn't realise there were so, so many options, Carl. With the current situation with grass, even though we've, you know, after such a slow start, we've had some rain now, that's not really going to save the day for the, the first cuts, is it? Because they're already going to head, are they? Yeah, there's a, there is a concern out there, you know, because the first cuts and the quality issue massively because the yield isn't there and, and what quality have they got in the clamp. Yeah. And just going forward, you know, like everyone and every business has to have plans, but with the best will in the world, the season and nature will dictate whether these plans will come to fruition. Yeah. But having, yeah. But having said that, a contingency plan wouldn't be a bad thing at all. You know, like, so talking of planning then, planning ahead, what can farmers do for next year to try and avoid the situation we're in at the moment? Yeah, quite possibly over the coming months, you know, take note of the poorer fields on the farm, you know, the ones which grass production is falling and see if they're worthy of an autumn reseed, you know, or or stitching in. As a rule of thumb, a reseed is needed if the proportion of sowing species have fallen below 60%. By sowing a short-term lay in the autumn, the crop will be established going into next year and pretty much guarantee grass growth next spring. You know, if it's a short-term lays, they're, they're quite prolific for grass growth as Italians will grow at lower temperatures to perennial ryegrasses. So I don't think I've ever heard a farmer complain about having too much grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, guys. That's good advice. Don't forget there's more information on short-term lays and which mix would best suit you on the Wednesday website. So turning our thoughts back to lambs, weaning approaching. Bryn, what's your advice to prevent a dip in lamb performance and support the ewes for next year? Uh, there's a few um, tips really, Tony. I suppose the first thing to consider is why would we wean early or why do we wean? And it's very, very simply really is to share the feed resources that are available on the farm with the appropriate class of livestock. So weaning lambs early has been proved in you know most situations that you then prioritise the good grazing for the lambs and then they will perform better. If there's a bit of a pinch you know, on the, the amount of grazing available. You've got to remember that the demand for grazing is increasing all the times as those lambs are, are growing. It's been proved really in a number of trials that, you know, the lamb performance will dip. There's some tips I'm going to give now really is to try and avoid that kind of feed pinch that traditionally happens just before weaning and after weaning, which, you know, has a serious impact on lamb performance. You know, well-fed lambs at the moment on creep or on very, very good, uh, well-managed pastures should be doing 0.4 of a kilo a day. What's traditionally happened is that if management isn't great at weaning, the performance can fall down to quite often 0.1 of a kilo, 100 grams a day. And in in a lot of uh, situations actually hits zero and then it takes a long time to recover. So let's go through some tips for weaning. You know, the absolute minimum weight that you can wean a lamb is about 16 kilos, which is extremely light. Okay, most lambs and your target really for weaning lambs should be between 24 and 30 kilos. Quite a wide range there because you will have a range of of light weights on the farm from your lambing dates. Okay, once those lambs are weaned, you've got a couple of strategies then. Creep grazing of lambs is 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 a good idea ahead of the ewes so that they get used to good grass. And also, we will say this as a feed company, but there there are real advantages in you know providing creep feed for lambs, especially in the years like we're having now with high early prices. When you wean lambs, try and wean them onto a nice good swords, preferably with a lot of legumes because they will perform better there. And they do need a minimum of five centimetres of grass to be turned into. And the other thing from an animal health point of view, they're extremely susceptible at this stage to parasites. 
So you need a robust parasite strategy. Remember, lambs at weaning are very, very fragile animals. And if you get it wrong at this stage, you know, you will be paying the price for it for a, for a long time. So real simple tips really is prioritise grazing for your weaned lambs. Make sure they've got sufficient feed. If it's creep or whatever, all, all the better, really. And monitor the health status of those lambs. Another interesting thing, really, is that what we will see now as the season goes through is that the quality of grass available for the lambs can decrease. You know, lambs to grow are about three, three to 400 grams a day. They need an energy density of about 12 megajoules. And if you think that average ryegrass with clover gives you like an energy density of about 10 to 11 you can see that there's a need if you're aiming for higher growth rate targets there is a need for supplementary feeding and if that supplementary feeding is a good balance of energy and protein you will get better performance out of these lambs those are my kind of quick tips for success if you don't want to be successful Wean them late, wean them onto poor ground, and don't worm them, guys. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> oh, great tip there, Brent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. Oh, thanks for that. So finally, I'd like to introduce a guest speaker to round off our sheep special, Liz Jennifer. Welcome to the Agriab Podcast. Hello, my name's Liz Jennifer. I'm here to talk to you about Rosa, which is the Register of Sheep Advisors. So what we are aiming to do with Rosa. Uh, I'm working alongside the National Sheep Association and BASIS is we're providing a continuous development programme for sheep advisors. We're aiming at anybody who is working with sheep farmers to make informed decisions or want to develop their knowledge. So it could be independent advisors or consultants, nutritionists, vets, technical specialists, SQPs, environmental advisors. We're aiming to get a range of people onto the register. The reason why we're doing it is because farmers accessing money is related to having advice on farm. And also because of the changes that are coming in the next few years, we think sheep farmers need access to good quality advice to know where their business needs to go to next. And the benefit of becoming a member of Rosa is to demonstrate your professional status. You're also aiming to build a network of like-minded individuals and we also make it easy to access a wide range of training and technical activity and help to have a more rounded knowledge base. The thing to do next is to go to the Sheep Advisors website, which is sheepadvisors.co.uk. And if you've got any additional questions, email sheepadvisors at basis-reg.co.uk. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. The AgriHub podcast will be back next month with more news, insights, chat and tips. So don't forget to like and subscribe now. If you would like any advice or practical nowhere in the meantime, just visit our website and we'll be happy to help. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and we look forward to welcoming you again soon.